This show is presented by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com slash dangle to receive 20% off your next purchase. Bald. Bald? Yeah. Balls. Oh, true. Yeah, true. Let's do it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Steve Dangle Podcast, powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. The Steve Dangle Podcast, with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Ladies and gentlemen, the Vancouver Canucks got a point! Ladies and gentlemen, the Vancouver Canucks blew their fourth straight multi-goal game lead. I mean, boo for that. Boo Boo for that. There, There it is. Boo, there it is. Boo, exactly. There, there it goes. And after the players-only meeting, no less. Imagine all the players meet, and yet they can't get better. Oh, man. It's a, that's Honestly, what I love the most is that Steve has Thatcher Demko as his fantasy goal. Oh, <laughs> I do not have a good goalie lineup. What do you have? Last so, year, you went all goalie. I know. And <laughs> this year, I overcompensated in the wrong direction. And Thatcher so, Demko would have been a good pick, though. I thought Thatcher Demko, because he's going to play a lot of games, and I assumed he was going to be over 500. Um, Sergei Bobrovsky, because he won a shitload of games, and then Spencer Knight starts making the best saves in the world, and I'm like, oh, shit. He might be a tandem or backup pretty soon. And then a goalie who I really like, but I did not need to waste a draft pick on him pavel francos you have uh, three goalies yeah oh my god what what, what do you what are you supposed you to didn't do? you didn't watch the jesse blake sports report where i did a whole fantasy breakdown of how to build your fantasy hockey team i like i like having a backup to my backup oh god you're but you're then you're losing games you can get for counting stats the goalie category the only counting stats is is wins and shutouts you can't count stats for you can't po- try and pile up shutouts because they're too free infrequent. You yes. know, yes. wins. If you try and get a good goal, you can try and win that category. But you'd rather sacrifice those that little yeah. ca- one category and have an extra rostered player to get more things like shots, blocks, hits. Why are you goals, yelling at me? Assists, all the major counting stuff. There's like a million skater counter stuff. So why would you take a roster spot away from that category and have an extra goalie on your roster? It makes no sense. Well, we launched Drew and Stu and apparently we're also j- launching the Jesse Blake lecture report. That's that's coming up <laughs> later, by the way. The Drew and simple, Stu launch. <laughs> very simple fantasy advice. Um, Less goalies better. Jesse's, Jesse's lecture there should have been probably what Bruce Boudreaux did last night, or at least that's what you would expect him to do. But Bruce actually said after the game with the Canucks blowing the, the multi-goal lead again uh, that 
He didn't say anything. And I thought this was interesting. He's like, you know what? They seemed angry enough with the way the sticks were being tossed. I'll talk to them tomorrow. I think that's the way to handle it. Because, like, listen, the worst teams in the league are not leading at all. <laughs> right? True. Um, they've been up in every game they've played. They're not going to. There's a reason this has never happened before. Um, mm. They're not going to do this every game. I mean, unless they do. but. They know they're better than this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, if you're the coach, you've already said whatever there is to say. The players have put it on themselves by having a players only meeting and then they lost again. I don't know what the coach is supposed to do about that. And like, I've already heard Bruce Boudreaux's name as being in the hot seat. Why? Why? He, he is literally playing with the same roster he ended last year with. They haven't changed anything, but KF's not even playing. I think we have fairly substantial evidence that Bruce is not the problem, so I don't see what firing him would do. At all. Like, uh, Todd Richards gets fired in Columbus. I, I can't believe we're bringing it up again. And then the ship seems to get righted. Well, did the ship get righted, or did Sergei Bobrovsky just make a save every now and again? You know what I mean? And I'm not saying it's on the Canucks goalies. I'm not saying it was on Spencer Martin last night. Um, I don't know what the answer is there. I, I think the answer is probably closest to what Bruce suggested, which is just give it a sec. It'll be okay. The reason there's a little bit of is Bruce going to be here for the long term is that the Canucks were even unsure to give him to bring him back. Well, right. that's because They're, he was he was saying you got to give me a raise and they right. were saying no. So the the contentious contract negotiations made I guess the Aquilinis and and everybody below believe that oh, maybe this isn't our guy for the long term and then you have this start. So there's reason for discussion as if they want to keep going with this guy. Yeah, there's reason for discussion. I just I think there's a coach in a hotter hot seat and that's Lindy Ruff, but they did win yesterday. We well, uh, staying on I, the Canucks oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I do. <laughs> I bouncing just, around. <laughs> it, it just doesn't. I, Bruce, I no, don't no. see it changing a thing. You just fired Travis Green uh, uh, within the calendar year. Yeah. Like you can't. Bruce Boudreaux is not the problem. Clearly not. It's just firing the coach was is probably what Canucks fans are used to saying. Mm -hmm. you, like I, I can tell you <laughs> as a Leaf fan, we went through a lot of coaches in those bad eras. And honestly, like when I look at Paul Maurice, I look at Ron uh, Ron Wilson, I look at uh, who was the guy? Randy Carlisle. Randy Carlisle and Peter Horacek. Randy's style was clearly a problem, but did any of them really get a great team to work with? Any of them? Uh, no. Paul Paul Maurice's team. Uh, see, that's from like the uh, basically from 2007, which mm -hmm. is where uh, most in-depth hockey analytics begin and the analytics on those teams is they were actually quite good but they couldn't get a fucking couldn't save. get a save and and actually paul maurice it's interesting like until he got to winnipeg didn't have a good goalie in his entire career yeah we did andrew yeah. and steve did a whole piece on that we really should update that it was I, great connor hellebuck would screw it up no because i i went through paul maurice's entire career which was extensive and we basically looked at all the goalies he ever had, and we looked at their stats with and without him. Right. Like, before they got to town or after they left town, and the majority of his goalies were... Uh, basically, the answer was it wasn't Paul Maurice's fault. 
But then he had Connor Hellebuck for a long time and didn't win. Right. Right. So, um, listen, let's be honest. What's happened to the Canucks is bad luck. No. There's a little bad luck here. It's, I it's, think there's an element of bad luck. There's yeah. a got to be an, like, the, okay, I can see them being two and two. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the mental. NHL. It's mental. It's, I've seen it with the Leafs too many times. You, you don't blow four consecutive multi-goal leads uh, because you're bad. I think if you're bad, you don't even get the lead. I think, listen, do they have defensive warts? Yep. Could they have gotten better goaltending? Yep. Should they have blown four consecutive leads? Absolutely not. Multi-goal leads. Multi-goal leads. That's just between the ears. And I mean, that's, that's Bruce Boudreaux's task, right? And that's supposedly what he's really good at. Supposedly motivation. Really, I guess we'll see, but like we, we've talked about for years now, the Leafs have this crazy ability to lose traumatically in the first five games, usually by blowing a lead or something. Sure enough, they give up the game winning goal with 18 seconds left in game one this year. And we've watched them. We've watched it follow them for the rest of the season. And it's not just the Canucks snapping this streak. It's when you snap the streak in game five, then game six arrives and you have a multi-goal lead again. Then you're thinking, uh. better hold it. Yeah. And this is why it, it never totally holds up to me that it's early in the season because there are things that develop early that stay with you. And there are things that are there early that you are able to work through, right? As a team, if the good teams are able to work through their warts and the, so I think it's really important to see how a team starts. No, no matter how this goes, the Vancouver Canucks could have had as much as eight points. That's a wild amount of points left off. Oh, they yeah. could be first in the NHL right now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Because they were up by multiple goals, guys. And it's you, not like it was like, oh, maybe. And you point to, you were like, okay, it, it's a luck. But there's also, there's some stats that back up that the Canucks just aren't performing well in, in certain areas on the ice. Like, there, there's a great thing in the province um, about their penalty kill. So, so it, there's a 50% chance right now if, you, if, you, if the Vancouver Canucks take a penalty that they're going to allow a goal. Oof. They and, need Mikheyev back in that lineup so bad. And when I say there's a 50% chance that they allow a goal, it's not just for the power play for the other team. 53% of shots taken against the Canucks power play have been goals. Oh my God. <laughs> Thatcher Demko has saved just fit. No, so 47%. He saved 53% of shots on the penalty kill. That's mental. Re- That's remember crazy. the Oilers? Remember the Oilers a few years ago? Yeah. They had that like they had Historic. like a 60% success rate on the penalty kill. Mm-hmm. But they were one of the top teams in the league on the road or something like that. Yeah, it was the home penalty kill and it was the lowest in history by like February and I think eventually they got up over the lowest bar. O- over the yeah, hump? Over the hump. Yeah, but like you can't, th- with that kind of ridiculous split, you can't tell me that's not mental. Right. And even uh, so they're, they're looking at the uh, face-offs taken on the power play as well. Uh, they have 15 draws on the penalty kill and they've won just four of those face-offs. That's not good enough. They're not, they're not doing anything on the penalty so you, kill you there. never have and possession, and you can't make a save. Isn't that exactly. specifically what Curtis Lazar was brought in for? So, Curtis Lazar, amongst those numbers, is 0 for 6. Oh! <laughs> and, is uh, Curtis Lazar potentially... Like, well, how, many, how many have they won? 4 out of 15? 
draws. Yeah, yeah. Four fifteen uh, penalty kills. Well, so draw. he's the biggest problem on that. Well, yes. that's not hundred percent. That's also not going to stay that way. Like the of worst faceoff guy in the league is still going to win like forty <laughs> percent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but like, there's some clear flaws here with the team. All, all a lot of that's luck. Like nobody is going over yeah. forever. No. A lot of that's luck. But there's also clear flaws here. And uh, the effort by Horvat, the effort by like everybody outside of Pedersen hasn't been the greatest. And uh, I know some fans aren't happy with their defensive system. So there's some troubles in Vancouver and there's that fucking eight points on the board. Eight points is a lot of points. That's the difference between a playoff spot. That's a well, and real grumpy they finished way with to start the season. Na- what, weren't they at 90 points last season? Yes. A plus eight? That's yeah. 100. You're they, a playoff team. Yes. Nope. This is why the early season does matter. <laughs> yes. And I will get to that with the Leafs coming up because I have something to say about that as well. Uh, but I do want to say we reached out to our friends at Sports Interaction and we thought because oh. this story is so fabulous and I only I, I emailed them an hour ago and they were able to put this through, which is amazing. The prop is called the oops. There it is prop. I can't I can't believe this is real <laughs> because it's not Bruce. There it is. I cannot believe this is real. Okay. Canucks lose after leading by two goals or more. You get yes at six, no at one twelve. This is versus the wild. Versus the wild, and the wild, by the way, are one of the two remaining teams without a point this year. Oof! Yeah, that's weird. The eh? Sharks. Well, they've only played three games. The Sharks, the other one, they've played five, and they've had five clean losses, not even in overtime. Philly undefeated. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's so stupid. <laughs> I'm taking no. They're not going to blow the lead. I even if they get it, they're not. I'm. Canucks fans, I'm rooting for you and I'm betting on you. They're not going to do this five straight times. (laughs) No. No. That is going to be an infamous clip if it ends up happening. They're not going to do it five straight times. We'll see. The, The kiss of death. That's all I need. <laughs> um, so you can check that right now at sportsinteraction.com slash STPN. It's the oops, there it is prop. Uh, by the way, the game is tomorrow as of the, the, this recording. So it's on Thursday night at, uh, I believe. 20 Friday, 21st. Oh it's, oh, it's on Friday. Oh, it's on Friday. Oh, yeah. so they got to sit in this? Oh, God. Oh, boy. Yeah, boy. Yeah, they, they play at Minnesota on Friday. That is, that's rough. A $10 bet, by the way, if you think it's going to happen, that'll net you uh, 60 bucks. Yeah, because the odds (laughs) of it happening are ridiculously low. Yeah. They are. They are. They're ridiculously low, and that's why it's not going to happen. Steve, say it. Confirm it. You want to look at this one? This one. um, The odds are what? What are are the odds? Six to one? Six to one. The Vancouver Canucks will not blow a multi-goal lead on Friday against Minnesota. It is actually Thursday. I checked it. On Thursday uh, they, against they Minnesota. A, they yeah. need to change the site. Oh, okay. Sorry. The, uh, the, uh, yeah, the 20th. It's the 20th. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The site. So okay. The well, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll email. Yeah, okay. But yeah, on the 20th, <laughs> the Wild, the Canucks, the Wild have, the Wild are going to be, here's, the, here's what makes this bet interesting, is that the Wild haven't scored a point. They don't have one. That's wild. And you're that is wild. And oh, I, was, I didn't even mean especially with the way that I I, I chose them in our uh, in our rankings this year. I'm a little upset about uh, how they've started the season. But but to be honest, like they're going to be the guys going Vancouver's on their heels. This is our chance to get back in this thing. We cannot go 0 and 4. You you talk about two teams that are pretty desperate right oh. now. 
It's it's going to be that's that's a must watch game. Yes, it's and it's the second week of the season. Yeah, it's a must watch game. You know what? I think they might just lose straight up. The Canucks. Yeah, what I don't like. They might not even get the lead. Have you considered you might be a bad person? <laughs> I, just, I might just, I might just take Minnesota straight up. I'm just asking the question. You ever, you ever thought uh, that you might be kind of a piece of shit? Maybe, <laughs> maybe the team they built isn't very good and they just lose. Oh, wow, wow. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, you know, listen. Um, the team didn't make the playoffs last year, but I think you have to look at the Canucks and go, okay, well they had a better second half than they had first half. But they basically changed nothing and added Mikheyev. And they won a bunch of games in that February-March zone where teams are a little, eh. They had, you know, yeah, you know there's a little bit of that. It's, it, what do they call it? The score effects of the calendar? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Sorry, go uh, ahead. Schedule losses. I Okay, so there's been a lot of discussion over the last couple of days about the regular season not mattering, you know, seriously and sarcastically. The preseason. Ah, preseason doesn't matter. Preseason matters a little bit. A little bit. Because they lost a lot. They lost an awful lot. Regular so, did season the, so did the Coyotes. God damn it. And it's interesting you bring that up because the Leafs <laughs> stunk it up for 50 minutes during the Coyotes, then turn it on and then get a bad call go against them uh, in a review, turns into a glove pass, and I'm going to give you... So, so, so here's the thing. We're going to start with the controversy of the Leafs-Coyotes game. The but then we're going to talk thing. Yes, but then we're going to talk about the real problem, which is what I mentioned first. Mm-hmm. Okay, so lots of flavors. And Do you think they got jobbed or played like shit? Maybe you want the the they played like shit and got jobbed swirl cone. Ooh, I like that. Mm. Sounds delicious. Mm. Um, so this is what the situation room said. The situation determined room determined that Morgan Riley battled. Uh, sorry, batted the puck with his hand. Inside the attacking zone before teammate Mitchell Marner subsequently gained possession and control. According to rule point 79, sorry, 79.1, a player may bat a puck in the air with his open hand unless, in the opinion of the on-air, uh, on-ice officials, he has directed the puck to a teammate or has allowed his team to gain advantage and subsequently possession and control of the puck is ob- obtained by a player of the offending team, either directly or deflected off of a player or official. So, by the way, the NHL rulebook, if you've ever read pieces of it, is full of run-on sentences. Um, <laughs> in this case, it was deemed that Marner was the first player to gain possession and the puck and uh, control of the puck after Riley batted it with his hand. Note, in the final minute of play regulation of the third period, at any point in overtime, hockey operations will initiate a review of any scenario that would otherwise be subject to a coach's challenge. Now, the reason we say that is a lot of people, and this is where you think the blown call might be, uh, there was a player on the Coyotes who had his stick in Morgan Riley's glove. A, that's a penalty. Uh, yep. And you can see it's a penalty on the video you're reviewing. That's right. So that is a clear penalty and they could have called that. And, well, And I have long maintained that you're not doing extra work, right? Yeah, you're already there. You're already there. You're watching. You can, on the same clip, be like, that's a hand pass. And also, the Leafs should be going to the power play. Why? Why can't you review that? And also, and we're I, reviewing every other goddamn thing. Why can't we review that? So the second thing is that the question of the blade of the stick in Morgan Riley's hand. It's not Morgan Riley's sticks. It's the Coyotes player. But the blade of the stick is the thing that hit the puck. A lot of people are saying, listen, the Coyotes player hit the puck from Morgan Riley's hand. Now, I don't know if you can really see that. But I, to me, 
I look at that and I go, it, it, to me, it looked like the Coyotes player hit the puck. Like, could it be a battle? Mm-hmm. Here's, here's what I would say. Uh, based on the rule, that's they made the right call. They made the 100% right call based on the wording of the rule. What I would argue is the rule is asinine. <laughs> the rule is, the rule. what is Morgan Riley meant to have done there? What should he have done? What would have been acceptable? He, it, the Coyotes could have clear it uh, he uh, just along let the board. Fucking no! Yeah. I'm trying to win the game. Or close your fist. Or no, that'd be a no, hand pass too. Yeah, he touched it with his hand. So what? What with his head? Yeah. Should he have tried to jump and hit it with his head? He's if he's supposed to let it go by. Listen, if Riley goes whack and nails the thing, and it goes cross ice one timer onto Matthew's stick, yeah. That's a hand pass. He passed it with his hand. This was a prevention of the puck from leaving the zone. That's it. So Marner, Riley is being penalized for keeping the puck in the zone, and Marner is penalized for being in position, I guess. What's Riley meant to have done? So he bats the puck down, and now it's on him to let, I think it was Clayton Keller, mm-hmm. let Clayton Keller get possession of the puck, and then it's Marner's job to come steal it awesome, uh, off him? No! So the way the wor- the rule is worded, they got the call right. The fact, though, that that's not a goal under the rules is stupid. And it Genuinely. Goes, it plays into a bigger thing, which is the excitement in the arena was going off. The Twitter was going off. Everybody was excited. How does disallowing that goal make the NHL better? How does that review make the NHL better? The refs missed it. And this is my thing. I've always said this. If, if you want human beings to ref the game, then you should have human errors in refereeing the game. I don't and this think is, it should be They an error. should have called. They should have called a penalty. They didn't. Yeah, I They should have called that. a glove pass. They didn't. Don't the two cancel each other out? But what the NHL did here was not only did they kill the momentum of the game, everybody was excited. Everybody's excited. And, and probably pu- stop a game from going into overtime, which is even more exciting. No. No. Instead. You can't have it. And and listen, if take the Leafs out of it for a second, this is my thing. Take the Leafs out of it for a second. If this happened to your team, if we're all being rational here, nobody likes this. And for (laughs) what? What is the um? What's the WWE have guys where they have like a a rating system for how well a match went? Oh, the Dave Meltzer Meltzer, uh, five star, five star rating. And there's like rarely a five star match. Very rare, exactly. And the reason they have that is because they want to make sure that their product is entertaining for who. Well, that's that's not the WWE who's doing that. That's, okay, well, the he's, w- he's a, a journalist. Oh, okay. I think the WWE has something internally, though, and they have. Oh, they probably they do. have people that are like in their rating matches and going like afterwards. They take them aside and go, "Hey, listen, if you've done this here, we were hoping that you yeah, do a little of this right. here." Sure. When you're looking at a product, an entertainment product, which the NHL is, mm. how does that make it better? Because what I see there is a glove pass. Mm-hmm. And potentially, honestly, potentially Keller batting it out of his hand, but that, I, don't, I don't want to distract. And, and, a, and a penalty. So how do they not cancel each other out? And if the refs miss it, then they fucking miss it. Here's, here's it's my not question. an off, like offsides are blatant. That is ridiculous. Taking the Leafs out of it and pretending there was only one team in the game and it was the Arizona Coyotes. Let's say it's the St. Louis Blues and Florida Panthers. Would the Coyotes have been wronged 
if that goal stood. You know what I mean? Did the Leafs gain an advantage that screwed the Coyotes from that play? My answer is no. And I know what the rule says. So they would have been, the one reason they would have been screwed is, well, this is what the rule says. Right. Mm -hmm. My argument is the rule should not say that. Because again, I don't know what Morgan Riley is meant to have done. If he plays it with his stick, it's a high stick. Yeah. And then they review that. So if, if he, you if play he, the so puck, let it go. if he's the next player to play it, then it's okay. If he played it off his own glove to his own stick and then played it. Ass, that's asinine. That's you know, a, you can, well, you can it's bring the same the, shit. You can bring the puck down to your, your own stick. It's the same result. Yeah. So I'm allowed to play the puck with my hand. And I, who am still on my team, mm-hmm. am allowed to play the puck after playing it with and my then hand. You pass I it pass with it your to stick. myself, and I pass it with my. Do you see the ridiculous <laughs> bullshit that we're talking about? Yes. Under the rule, it's a, it's not a goal. The rule sucks ass. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense. So if you play the puck five feet off the ice, it's just. It's like getting a star in Mario. It's just you can't be defeated. It's if you manage to lift the puck without throwing it over the glass, automatic zone exit. Fuck off. That's stupid. That's stupid and the Leafs got fucked because the rule book stinks. Well, and they've we've talked and about And also they stink. We've talked about this before. Um they they've estimated there was a study last year that estimated to rewrite the NHL rule book to be more specific. Because that's the biggest criticism of it. If anybody, you talk to any hockey like expert, they'll say the problem with the NHL rulebook is it's so ambiguous that it leads to situations where the situation room, which everybody hates because unfortunately they're put in a position where they have to interpret the rule mm-hmm. because it is so gray, they're unable to make clear decisions and unable to keep things mm-hmm. like it's black or white. Here's what it is. Yeah. And I know hockey's a, a game of gray, but I want to, I want to throw this out there. The problem with Monday night was not how the game ended. It was how the game started. Okay. And I think everybody's distracted by the fact that, well, that play, Steve, you make a really good point. What's Morgan Riley supposed to do there? What's they, stopped, supposed- they stopped an incredible comeback. It would have been a really fun overtime, no matter what team had won. Huh. But the reality is the Toronto Maple Leafs were awful for 50 minutes. And that... Uh, that sh- I know you can't do that. In I know the there's NHL. a big contingent of Leaf fans who are like, it's game four. That Sheldon Keefe quote after the game should, should send a chill down your spine and it should make you reconsider watching this. Is that the elite players night. one? No, even worse than the elite players one. The quote where he said, We had a shift early in the game where we had possession for 90 seconds and I think it lulled us to sleep like the game was going to be easy. You're fucked. You're never going to win anything. You're, ne- you're never going to win anything. With that kind of attitude, and this is this is Sheldon Keefe's uh, challenge now for the rest of the season, is he needs to club that mentality out of the team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the elite players aren't being elite. Well, any of us can see that, and we can put it on the players. I think the guys making millions of dollars, the guys making uh, eight digits, um, should show up to the arena with an app on their phone that tells them what time the game starts. Well, and, and this is, so the, so the, he said, Sheldon Keefe did say, we hit, the difference between us and the, between us and the Coyotes is that we have elite players and they don't, and our, ours did not play like elite players. Tonight. Yeah. First of all, great bulletin board material for the Coyotes uh, when you go to their building and they beat you again. Uh, second of all, they will. And second of all, um, 
It's his job to have this team motivated, vaguely giving a shit, vaguely giving an effort. Mm -hmm. And when they're getting dominated, like they were in uh, game six against Montreal. Again, Mitch, Austin, Himes, you guys are getting dominated. Dominated. I remember him shouting it during the Amazon documentary. And they weren't able to be the heroes of that game. And so, and the problem was they were getting dominated. And now the problem is they're too good. Where's the solution? Well, for God's sake. And, and so I think the solution is, and I think everybody knows this, uh, the Leafs started really slow last year, but listen, they picked it up and they were unbelievable the rest of the way, despite terrible goaltending, right? Yeah. They're terrible yeah. goaltending. But let me run you through the first seven games last year. Can I? Sure. I want to run you through the first seven games and how they all went. They started the season with a 2-1 win, an emotional win against the Montreal Canadiens who had beaten them in the playoffs. That was a fun one. Then the next game was the Ottawa Senators, where they lost 2-3. Or sorry, 3-2. Then the next game, Ottawa Senators again, two nights later. It's a 3-1 win. Okay, cool. So they lost in Ottawa, but they won in Toronto against Ottawa. All right. They lose the next game a couple days later against the New York Rangers 2-1 in overtime. So now we're at five points. And then they lose the next three. The Sharks, 5-3. The Penguins, 7-1. You remember oh, that one? they got killed. And the yeah. Carolina Hurricanes, 4-1. Four, uh, four now, at that time, I, I remember tweeting out something. I was very frustrated because, to me, it was everything that went wrong in the Montreal series went wrong in the first seven games, and people got on me for it. And the reason that I was so frustrated, and maybe this doesn't make sense, or maybe my logic's flawed here, but I look at the way the season ended last year. Who do the Leafs have to play in the, in the playoffs? Tampa. Right. They had to play Tampa. That sucks, right? Tampa's really freaking good. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They're in a division of really good teams. The, the Leafs finished last year with 115 points. The Florida Panthers, who I would argue are on par, or I, I think the Leafs are better than Florida, honestly. That's, I, that's honestly how I feel. Team to team, I think the Leafs are a better team. The Florida Panthers finished with 122 points. If the Leafs right. had gone four and two, they would have been within striking distance of the Panthers all season long in that first seven game stretch. And I know that I'm, I'm, I'm cherry picking here a little bit, but how you start, we talked about it last, uh, last show, how you start really matters. Imagine they win one, two, three, four of the first seven, five of the first seven. Well, and, and the then game, all the, the sudden, game against Pittsburgh. So it's not just a matter of winning and losing. They were outclassed by Carolina. I remember that game. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh didn't show up. Yeah, that was like, well, Ev- like, because Malkin and Crosby didn't play that game, right? It was Evan Rodriguez was the top line center. And context matters. And this was driving me insane around the discourse of this loss. Guys, they're going to lose games. The Coyotes are sub NHL. They are beneath the standard of the best hockey league in the world. And the Leafs lost to them. They needed a comeback to even tie the thing, mm-hmm. and then they blew it with a stupid penalty with two minutes to go. That was before the hand. That passed. was a stupid penalty. Yes, Crazy. Leafs fans can overreact. If the Leafs beat the Coyotes on Monday and then they lose to Dallas on Thursday, no one bats an eye because Dallas is fine, good, good, even. good goalie. Jesse's favorite. Yes, no one bats an eye. If you lose to the Dallas Stars, because the Dallas Stars are supposed to be in the mix. 
The Coyotes, and the Coyotes know this, to be fair, are supposed to be free point night. That's a, you got the Coyotes at home in the middle of a homestand. Free pair of points. And they, they don't and get to play a home to, game. And your, and your problem, the, the reason your coach thinks you lost is you had a shift in the first period where you were too good? Holy fuck, you're in trouble. You're in so much trouble. Reconsider what you're doing. You don't need to play hockey. You can do anything you want. Life's too short. Just quit and skip it. If your problem is you're too good, and that's why you're losing? Ew! Don't you see why so many of your own fans are sick of you? Like, Pete Blackburn had a great tweet. If there is a path to the most embarrassing way to lose possible, the Leafs will find it. Well, Nick Ritchie scoring the first goal was so poetic. Free money! <laughs> Free money! Every betting company on earth that had Nick Ritchie scoring first lost, I hope, billions. That's free money. Write it in a story, in a cheesy story, and the Leafs will find it. They'll make it real. Sometimes They just do. And listen, you can talk to me all day and I'll listen about how good this team is. But the, the, the bar is not lose to the Coyotes on a Monday night at home, guys. Yeah, the bar like, is President's Trophy, Stanley Cup. And they could That's still. The they, they, they honestly could this, still. We could say the whole rest of the way. People are like, oh, they're not going to go 82-0. But again, it's who they lose and how. Who they lose to yeah. and how. You lose to Dallas, I don't even bat an eye. No. I go, Dallas well, is good. shit happens. You can't lose the Coyotes at home. You know why I don't mind the start they had last season? Why? Because after that stretch, Adam, what were they at the beginning of the season? What was the stretch? They were like uh, two, five, and one, or two, something? five, and one. But then they won five or six in a row after that. They won they fourteen of sixteen they in did, November. They went fifteen and two. Holy shit! Imagine fifteen and two after that start. Imagine they imagine they'd gone fifteen and two and started five and two. Imagine they won every single game. Of Jesse, the season. that's no, that's that's disingenuous. I don't honestly. I don't hate the uh, the start to last season because of how they rebounded after that stretch. You know, and if they do something similar, like then you can pick it up. It and just there's, there's but, a but way. If you see how we how, how I changed my mind. Jesse's actually very kind because you're moving the goalposts. For the sad sack of a team, mm -hmm. I've seen that come post. up on Twitter all the time. It's not like this, like the the the, the middle of the se the middle of the season and the end of the season matter. So does the beginning. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's plenty of season left for them to to make it up. I yeah. agree, but I don't yes. want them to have to make it up. I guess especially against the Coyotes. Like the the one thing I have with the Leafs is like about this one game. Right, right. I know. And, and listen, that's our, embarrassing. We're we're here to overreact. So let's overreact. My thing is what I never see out of this league. I want to see one day. I want this team because they have so much talent and they're so freaking good. I want them to just outright dominate somebody. What if they don't, like, what they if gotta, they don't have that? What if you They are that good Jesse, though? Are they? That's the concern. Yeah, I think that's we're kind of getting to the you don't point think where so? I, Yeah, they're they're good. We're only four games bad. in. We're only four games in, and I hope I'm wrong. I'm getting major 2019-2025. No, yeah, no I, uh, season was unbridled agony. Please. <laughs> For the love of God, don't repeat that miserable piece of shit of a season. Jesse, I want to hear more about that what you have to say there. That season was terrible. Like, you guys are expecting, ah, oh, let's let's go out and dominate. And just, I don't, what well, this team hasn't done that. They've never done that. They, they rack up a lot of points. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, they'll do that. And they'll finish maybe second in the division or whatever, have a good, uh, they might win a round. But, like, they're not, 
I don't expect them to go out and kill teams. Here's they don't the have it in them. They've beat, never proven that. Beat the Coyotes 3-2. Nah, they don't have it in them. Oh, when I would they like a they, I would like a get up for the game. I want a couple 7-1 just hey, you're 32nd in the league and we're going to rub your fucking face in it. Yep. That's what I want to see the Leafs do. I want to see the Leafs go out and go, "Hey, you're the Coyotes. You don't have a place to play." We have no idea what your ownership situation is, and none of you really would be at this level if you were on any team higher than the Coyotes. I'm going to rub your face. Instead, the Coyotes come in and do it to them. They play the Sharks next week. I'm just going to. I think they're going to. I think it'd be fine against the Sharks. I just what I thought was all I could think was like I wish that that controversial call, the glove pass call, hadn't have mattered. Yeah, I wish it hadn't been a factor. And I hate to quote Babs, but leave no doubt. Against the Coyotes, guys. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. That, and to me, is the controversy. It's leave, the 50 minutes. Leave an abundance of doubts. The Toronto Maple Leaf story. <laughs> a lot of this is reminding me of the, the bubble season, like you said, Steve, because... No, the bubble season was the next one, 2020, 2021. Oh, so, well, this, this is reminding me of the next following season, because I think that was just... Wasn't that the Airs season? The Airs game? No, season? Airs was nineteen twenty. Oh, Airs okay. was the nineteen twenty. Yeah. So, so the bubble season. Um, no, I'm. We're thinking the same season. I'm thinking when they restarted the league. Because they oh, did, the yeah, yeah no, the bubble playoffs. My bad. Oh, okay. bubble playoffs. So we're so talking. Was, we're talking about the yeah. same season. Because yeah. going into those playoffs, the expectations were like, oh my god, they're gonna beat Columbus. You know, they're gonna get in and all that stuff. But we, looking at it on paper and the season they had, they were an eight seed. They were an eight seed in the Eastern Conference. Why were our expectations so so grandiose? They're a team that fired their head coach. They lost a whole bunch of games. And like here, why are we expecting this Leafs team to get up for these games when they've never done that? <laughs> like last season, it, amongst this 15-2 and two stretch, they, uh, they had that 8-3 win versus Colorado. Yep. Do you remember that? Yeah, they got up for because that Because they should have. Because Colorado was starting their 17th goalie. Yes, and, and, they, and they dominated here. But like they don't usually win these games. They don't have uh, regular seasons where the Leafs look good throughout. No, they're very shaky. They don't have a taste for blood. <laughs> not at all. And year after year after year, we see that they're and not, we refuse to believe it. They're not predator. They're prey. We keep thinking that they're this no. five-time Stanley Cup champion players on the team and they've never won anything. So they have prey DNA. Drop back a little and yeah. yeah, of course they lost to Arizona. So I, I have a question. I have a question. As soon as they, the sooner they learn to be... And, and Sorry, one, one, yeah, no, please one go, thing. Go, 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 go. I don't expect them to dominate that what hurts is i hope they can no when when have they done it yeah i know <laughs> they, I can, know. they can but they can they haven't they might they can they <laughs> haven't in, i don't know in yeah. theory when <laughs> i was born i could have been a professional hockey player. you could have yeah he might He's only I 34. Could, I could still show me the evidence, but there's <laughs> not an abundance okay. of evidence. Like to lay, that lay out the evidence that the Leafs are one of the best teams and have a shot at the Stanley Cup. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this because I think you guys. I think you're. I think you're right, Jesse. I think it's just we've never seen that killer. Okay, now we're gonna put these guys to bed. No. Like let's start digging their grave. Like that's the kind of like there are teams you know. It's like uh oh. Like, this is the unstoppable force, and we're going to get crushed. You Pits know there are teams that can play like that. Pittsburgh never plays like they give a shit about you. No, they don't. <laughs> they bury you under the earth. And, it, and if and you're they a, do it to the Leafs all the time. If you're a fan that doesn't get to watch a lot of teams outside of, of your own, watch the Pittsburgh Penguins, if you can, sometime. Just mm. playing anybody. Mm. Um, I, I, my question to you is, 
at some point, everybody had to develop the killer instinct. Pittsburgh's a great example. Crosby and, and Malkin, no one could ever accuse them of not showing up when, when it ma- matters. No. And that's early in the season too, by the way. So my question is, how do you develop that? These guys are still, and I know people are going to roll their eyes. I know Leaf fans are going to roll your eyes at me. They're still quite young. There's still time. None of these guys, none of their big three or, uh, are, are, in, are in their prime. Matthews, Martin, Nylander, not in their prime yet. So what, what do you need to do? What is it? What's that, what's that gear? What How do you they, find what that? What if they don't have it in them? I mean, okay. I, I find it hard to believe that they've got all the skill in the world. You're telling me that, that, that you can't learn that? It takes a different type of skill to win a game seven. You know when the Leafs season turned around last year? Like we, we, we talk about the bad start and then they click. They, the bad start was unusually bad for them. The hot streak was unusually hot. Like no one is going to win. What was F- it? 15 and two. 15 out of 17 games. Like I don't think the 2002 Detroit Red Wings did that. No one's going to do that. But what was the turning point? Do you guys remember there was a moment and it was the turning point. Matthews and Hall screaming at each other mid game because they were mad and fed up that they were playing like shit. They need to get mad because they don't even they, getting mad is the is what engages them in the game. They're not mad. They're fat and happy, even though they haven't eaten a meal since the 60s. They uh, they got to get mad. So the best thing for this team, given recent history, is them getting smacked around for the next little while. Well, maybe maybe they get maybe there's an instance versus Dallas where that happens. A Mason Marchman hat trick where he dangles <laughs> Dennis Malgan is. Ooh. Is it on the it's, books? It is. It is twelve thirty three. The game is tomorrow. In what is it? Thirty hours, roughly. About that. I I called the Nick Ritchie goal and the Leafs losing. So again, Pete Blackburn's tweet: If there is a path to the most embarrassing loss possible, the Leafs will find it. It's got to involve Mason Marchman. Let's see it. I can't wait. Is Wednesday not a night hockey not a thing? Why is it, why aren't they playing tonight? I don't know. I bet there. I, I bet it is a thing. Eventually, fucking, you work there. Yeah, I, work, I work on the YouTube channel. I work on the YouTube channel. Hey, Steve, I, have you ever heard "fucking you work there"? Like, <laughs> so inside um, info would be nice. They don't have a Wednesday night game for the rest of October. They've got two, three in November. Oh, okay. Out of but they have five Wednesdays in November, so two of them they will not. Um. So anyway, you know, listen. It's, it's, is it, you know, we could look back at this podcast at the end of the season if they win the president's trophy. And I think they need to. I think you got to control your own destiny. If the Leafs, if you're the Leafs, you need to choose who you play against and you have to win the division. And in fact, I think you got to win the division. I think you got to win the president's trophy. And to be honest with you, if they, if they had, if they had even been neck and neck with the Panthers last year or they had beaten the Panthers last year, the Panthers had blinked in a divisional race. The Leafs are not playing Tampa in the first How round. Not blowing leads to the Panthers. And- well, just they're not playing the they're not playing the Lightning in the first round, right? You get your all Florida first round matchup, and yeah. then the Leafs play the Lightning in the second round. Maybe they lose in this game seven. We're going well. That's okay. Did you see that the last time the Leafs beat the Coyotes outright, like the Coyotes didn't get a point in Toronto, was October seventeenth, two thousand two. Do you know what's significant about that date? What is significant about that date? That's Matthew Nye's birth date. Where's Matthew Nye's from? Arizona. 
It's the curse of Matthew Nice. The I Matthew Nice curse. The day he was born mm-hmm. was the last time the I, Leafs beat the Coyotes I hope this, at home. I'm, cr- fingers crossed, the streak keeps going so we get something uh, like Babe Ruth type oh, with the Yankees no. and the Red Sox. It'd be fun lore for sports. Yeah, it would, I guess. I'm a sports but, fan. Oh, I'm rooting um, for that. The curse of Matthew Nice would be cool. Man, I know, <laughs> especially since they tried to trade him. I was thinking last night, a guy like Brandon Hagel would be so useful in a game like that where he's just such a shithead. I don't know. I uh, anyway. Long they're, story short, listen, we'll move on. They're not playing their best hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, their offense is not clicking. They're not working hard at all. They're not working hard to generate goals. They have a shitload of puck time, dancing around the edges, doing fucking nothing, and they're taking way too many penalties. That's not the way this team is built. To plays play. when they're built. That's not the way they're built to play. You're right. They're gonna play better. I just wish they did on Monday. The Leafs uh, have placed Jake Muzzin on injured reserve. Uh, we don't know. Yeah, that's why I told you not to check. Uh, thing. We don't know if it's long-term injury reserve because long-term is 24 days minimum. He's got the neck injury, right? Yeah, but Crawl uh, will be recalled. Philip Crawl will be recalled from the Marlies. Oh I don't know if he's going to play. Um, and Danny DeKaiser, by the way, has also signed with the Marlies, former Detroit Red Wing Danny DeKaiser. On a tryout. Jesse's going to sign him actually in uh, in NHL yeah, twenty three. NHL twenty three. Danny DeKaiser. Quick tip: eighty overall in free agency, I believe. Uh, oh. Last last check. So there's a there's a depth signing for your organization as a fellow GM if you'd like to go that route yeah. of toughness. Jesse with grit. all his cups last year. <laughs> uh, streams come back tomorrow. Actually. Oh really? Oh, yeah. Hey, what, what's, the, what's the program uh, this year? What are you going to do? Uh, Arizona Coyotes uh, franchise mode. I think uh, with the Leafs losing on Monday, it's a perfect time to kickstart it back up. Uh, we're going to be doing five years. I got five years to win a Stanley Cup with the Arizona Coyotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, normal rules as last year, if you weren't around, it is we're doing franchise mode, GM mode, and I'm not allowed to do anything a GM wouldn't do. So we have uh, the head coach is allowed to do the lines, or it only touches the lines, so we do the auto. I can only make trades and signings, and like the owner mode handles all the pricing and all that fun stuff. It's good time. So it's only, so you are like limited. GM. I like that. Now, yeah. um, I'm curious about this because I haven't got NHL 23 yet. Mm-hmm. Is it actually Arizona State, or do they fake it and make it look like it's a big hockey arena? So they use the default ea stadium Boo so the, earns. the asu isn't Boo in the game yet earns I'm i don't sure. know if there's going to be a patch to f- put it in they but better it's not in the game they better don't you yeah. dare don't you gaslight me i was upset <laughs> yeah Boo. half of the reason i wanted to do the arizona coyotes franchise mode was for the whole asu yes. theatrics and it's not in the game and so. and that it wouldn't surprise me if the nhl is like yeah well in the game they have eighteen thousand fans there so yeah it's a nineteen thousand. it's like more than air canada center it's like nineteen thousand. <laughs> the ea center <laughs> it's fucking stupid <laughs> it's literally like the corral center in ottawa or canadian tire center in ottawa right they have nineteen thousand five hundred. i think it's huge. Really? Yeah, that's, yeah a, that's a huge, it's a huge big stadium, one. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, uh, Boreas Salming, uh, Leaf Great, uh, also Detroit Red Wing for a bit. 
Uh, Borea Salming shared a message yesterday. It was uh, rebroadcast by TSM, but I believe it was done by an outlet out in Sweden. You know, Borea Salming, I saw him at uh, uh, I saw him at the Eaton Center in Toronto. He was just shopping, and I was just shopping, and there there was Borea Salming, and I love Borea Salming. He's my favorite pre-life Leaf, and by that <laughs> mean, like the guy who played for the Leafs before I was born. Uh, I love Borea Salming. And uh, a few years ago, I don't know if you remember this, I told you, I'm like, oh my God, he's in great shape. So I did a little research on Borea Salming. Oh, yeah. And I found out that he has his own Swedish underwear line, of which he is one of the key models. <laughs> like he was in such fantastic shape. And this is a person that had a skate blade to the face. He was known as one of the toughest Leafs defensemen of all time at a time when it was pretty usual for Canadians to say, oh, these Swedes, they're a bunch of sweethearts. You remember? Yeah, which... That was in the 90s. Which, Imagine what the 70s were like. Which wasn't based in reality. At all. Because if you had watched Borea Salming, you would know that's not true. When, but, when he was in the locker room for uh, the Centennial Classic, all the, all of the other Leafs alumni were calling him Skeletor because he was easily the most ripped dude on the team despite being 10, 15 years older than the second oldest guy. Yeah. Like, abs ripped this guy so the the piece is I'll, I'll i'll tell you right now um uh he als is unkind this is a man who's been healthy his entire life so a, a, a unbelievable athlete a great businessman and in unbelievable shape and als doesn't care and it is so heartbreaking to watch this man you know they ask him um, you know, what do you want to say to the fans who care about you and love you? And he gives a thumbs up to the camera and then he, he has to type into a monitor that then speaks back and he says, I am thinking about you. And it's him and his wife and it is one of the most heartbreaking segments. So we as Leaf fans would just want to say a little shout out to Borea Salming who um, did some, so many amazing things for the city of Toronto, inspired generations of people to play hockey in Sweden and all over the world. Um, and, you know, we're thinking about you too. That's, uh, it's just, it's just a tough one and it's hard to see. It's hard to see. Yeah. So we'll leave it at that. Um, I'm going to move on. It's a bit of a weird, weird right hand turn, but when you, when you have a sad story like that, it already, it, it always share is. it on the screen. Oh, you're going to share so it? People can watch. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. There it is. He's got the smile. Yeah. Handsome guy. Um, Nick Backstrom. The swing. Or was it not Backstrom? Sorry. Jeez. The Washington, the Washington Capitals. Yes. Yeah. Played a little baseball with somebody's head. Oh, the other center. <laughs> That's yes, right. Evgeny Kuznetsov. You mean Kuzi. I can't Why even imagine say Backstrom. Nicholas That's okay. Backstrom doing No, that. I get it. He's not even it's playing. Okay. No. He's injured. Yeah. He's not no, on the ice. It's okay. Your, your, brain, your brain went the number one center for the Washington Capitals, uh, Nick Backstrom. Yeah. Um, Kuznetsov almost takes a guy's head off. And the NHL, and I'm gonna, I'm lifting from Steve's Twitter account here, gives him the same penalty as you would get for skipping the All Star game. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, Can we pull up a freeze frame of that, Jesse? Just so <sighs> people see. Okay, I think it's uh, it's very important that we have some sort of. Angle. I'm curious to know what the reasoning was for it only being one game, because I'll hear the argument that Kuznetsov didn't mean to hit him that high. Like maybe he meant to get him in the shoulder. Or he meant to get him in the chest. Why then, not to make it about the Leafs, did Austin Matthews get two games for cross-checking Rasmus Dahlin in the shoulder, having it ride up the shoulder and hit him in the face? He got two games. You could argue that he should have got more because 
even though it was an accident, it was him recklessly using his stick in a malicious manner. Towards the head, too. Towards the head. Are you ready? If Gennady Kuznetsov did the same thing and he got one. So we're, we're going to watch. Jesse has it up. I I'm going to play the explanation. They always have these little explanation videos with that guy with the fucking monotone voice. who's going to come on and tell you everything about why they suspended him. So you asked why it's only one game. Here is the NHL's reasoning. How long is this? A minute 30. That's good. Monday night in Washington. Capitals forward Evgeny Kuznetsov was penalized for high-sticking Canucks defenseman Kyle Burrows. As the video shows, (laughs) Kuznetsov takes the puck to the net to try to create a scoring chance, with Burrows defending at the far goalpost. The two collide as Kuznetsov cuts across the goal mouth, with Burrows losing his stick and Kuznetsov falling to the ice. As Kuznetsov gets back to his feet, he pulls back his stick and swings it purposefully at Burrows, making contact with his face. This is high stick. <laughs> it is important to note that this is not that this is not a careless use of the stick. I think it froze. Oh, no, it froze. No, it <laughs> I was like, is that it? No. no. I always recognize Kuznetsov's assertion that he did not intend to hit Burrow so this high. Is, this is your explanation. Stick. You know? Rather, this is an intentional stick swing towards an opponent that makes high contact. While we recognize Kuznetsov's assertion that he did not intend to hit Burrow so high, players are accountable for their stick at all times. What causes this play to rise to the level of supplemental discipline is the purposeful nature of the swing and the location where it lands on the opponent. To summarize, this is high sticking. Kuznetsov has been fined once during his 603-game NHL career. The Department of Player Safety has suspended Evgeny Kuznetsov for one game. Yeah, they're Man. just so bad at everything. Sub-professional <laughs> sub league. <laughs> this is high-sticking, in case you weren't aware. <laughs> the key points section. Sub-professional. Where they just listed two points. <laughs> it, it just, yeah, just high-sticking history. <laughs> that was it. I thought we were going to get a that. list. I thought we were going to get a fucking, like, row of things that went into the decision. No. Jesse. It was I, just two things. Sub-professional. Oh, my God. The league sucks. <laughs> Boo, you suck. Uh, amateur league that pays its You players. want a screenshot of it's, that? Uh, yeah, that can you just screen grab that? And just, I'm just going to throw that out there every time there's a high-sticking penalty. <laughs> I'm just going to tweet that. High-sticking. History. <laughs> One and if you don't do it, you're not a fan. All right? I'm oh. begging the National Hockey League to try. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm begging the National Hockey League to try. Like, again, they, I'm begging the National Hockey League to follow its own precedence right mm-hmm. so matthews cross checks rasmus Dahlin, rides up hits him in the face yeah yeah kuznetsov does the same thing this is not high sticking and it, like the nhl goes as far to say hey don't give me that bullshit you did this on purpose so listen the only reason this is a one game suspension is Kyle Burroughs is fine. That shouldn't matter. <laughs> what if he knocked out an entire row of teeth, which he could have easily done there. And Matthews could have easily done as well with Brasmus Stalin. Then what? Oh, well then the matter of millimeters, uh, causes it to be like what? Five, 10. Mm-hmm. 
I'm begging you to try. I'm begging you to have some pride. I'm begging you to care about this sport a tenth of a tenth as much as the fans of this league do. That's not a one game suspension. You're a f- what a clown show. What a, I, what, what a fucking clown show. I really didn't like the the point in there where they said his intention wasn't to swing the stick at his face gives a fuck that shouldn't matter at all he did it care he fucking he swung a stick right at a dude sub professional yeah that's it's a horrible call it's i don't know what else to call it i'm so disheartened by this league Holy shit. Like, if, if you break a rule and you do something, it's like, ah, I didn't mean to do it. No, that you did it. So when's it going to happen, guys? What? When's it going to happen? What's going to happen? When someone does the exact same thing. Thank you for that. What? what? Lint off. Uh, it's very long hair. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> no dog. When is the exact same thing going to happen in this league and the suspension is different? I don't know, a month man. From this now? season, yeah. I don't get that. Well, I mean, and, and the thing is, honestly, and we've talked about this, and I know you tired of me beating this drum, but head injuries, guys, head injuries, mm-hmm. head injuries. Please, please take the head stuff seriously. Um, Gustav Nyquist. He remember he shanked someone in the face. Can't remember who it was. I think it was someone on the Minnesota Wild. He meant to like spear him or slash him or whatever, but his stick got caught on the glass behind him. And when he brought his stick forward, he ends up literally spearing the guy in the face. I've never seen anything like it. And I thought he was going to get like dozens of game suspensions. He got six. That is a play where the player maliciously wielded their stick. But also there was an accident involved that caused the stick to hit the player in the face. Mm-hmm. Six games. Mm-hmm. I have a response to that. Yeah. High sticking history <laughs> like everybody <laughs> thank you jesse everybody look at the key points. that's key points adam read off the key point so as you can see on your screen it might be hard for you to read this but we have high sticking and that is history okay it's important that you understand the following it's you know it's it's you know what this reminds me of you know when you're in high school and they have to do you have to do like a a, a presentation with uh powerpoint and the person's just like i don't fucking care about this class and they do like three yes and I then they, and then they just and then they just fit the third slide is like nah, i didn't even finish it like no! that's what the slide looks like i don't think we're making a big enough deal about how ridiculous this is high sticking in, in conclusion <laughs> romeo Juliet, Juliet. <laughs> doomed. <laughs> Montagues and Capulets, curse on their houses. Both your houses do not like each other. <laughs> the National Hockey League has suspended <laughs> Romeo. What was what was Romeo's best friend's name again? Uh, who cares? <laughs> oh, Shakespeare. Um, Romeo. James Shakespeare. Or something. Earl. Doug Shakespeare. <laughs> Mercutio. Yeah. Remember Mercutio? No. Yeah. Uh, anyway. It's, I vaguely remember the name. Uh, Park. That's what he, when he dies, he says a curse on both your houses. And that's how you get history. Yep. <laughs> so anyway, ladies and gentlemen. Th- um, to be clear, this <laughs> is cursing. <laughs> the, Na- the National Hockey League has sentenced Mercutio joke. to you're dead. <laughs> They didn't try. 
No, they, they didn't try. They, they just, just, I just say, fuck it. We don't care. I One just, game. I, I So I, I have a little pet theory with suspensions. So half the league is in LTIR. Like it's a joke. Um, half the league is incentivized to spend more money in order to save on the salary cap. Makes total sense. Sub-professional league. Mm-hmm. Kuznetsov makes over $9 million. And a five-game suspension mm-hmm. could potentially really screw the Caps. Oh, yeah. So the Caps do have more forwards on their team now than they need. So they do have spares. Mm-hmm. But, like, let's say a Leaf got suspended in the final game of the preseason. Let's say Marner temporarily lost his mind and instead of being a Care Bear... He just started, you know, wielding, wielding uh, his stick like an axe. And he got suspended 10 games. The Leafs would have to play short for two weeks. <laughs> They'd have 17 skaters for like two weeks. They'd be fucked. I don't know what they would do. So I think uh, stars get shorter suspensions. One, because, I mean, the league They're does. They're stars. They do play favorites. Let's, mm-hmm. let's be honest. But also, teams can't afford for players with substantial cap hits to be suspended. So I have another. Th- I have a thing here, um, and 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 yeah, Steve, I think that's a really good point. The the caps cap situation, just like everybody else's, is a problem. And I want to get to the cap situation in a second because there's actually a big story about that today. Yeah. But um, I look at the Kuznetsov thing, and I look at what Nazem Kadri did to Jake DeBrusque in the playoffs. We're never going to let that go. Anyway. I'm not which letting was, this go. Which was what? Which is driving his face into the boards. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's one of the greatest officiating failures in recent memory. And listen, Naz's thing was bad. It was bad. But this is also bad. <laughs> but it's funny that, and we the NHL, remember, they view, they view games uh, missed in the playoffs as two regular season games. Mm-hmm. So Nazem Kadri served, I think it was three games, so that's six games. They suspended him for the rest of the series, and it went which to seven. I've never seen before. So, so he he sits out seven, or he sits out six games for that. No, his suspension in Toronto was the same thing. The one versus Boston. The second one was for the rest of the series. The rest of the series. Yeah. The, what was Wasn't the first this one? The second one. Yeah, I thought the DeBrusque one was the second one. Oh, that's this the, was the second that's one. The, oh, okay, the okay, nineteen we're one. The yeah. Thing. Okay. Yes. The first yeah. one was he hit. Uh, oh, he hit someone else. I yeah. Don't I, I also. I, I always get them confused. I also want to throw this out there. I don't. Tommy know Wingles. I anybody else? Say. Tommy Wingles. Yeah. Tommy some, Wingles. Some fucking g- <laughs> Jeff guy. Yeah. Jake DeKaiser. Jake DeKaiser. <laughs> the second. Um, I'm looking at I'm looking at what Kyle Clifford did in the playoffs last year in Game One, which is a tenth of what that is. No. And he served what, what equates to two games. You're forgetting history and ice sticking. Like, You're right. Look at history and ice sticking. <laughs> we must go back and examine. Can you bring it back on the board? We need to examine this one more time because the, maybe... The title of this episode has yeah, to be History, history. High Sticking. <laughs> <laughs> Please, Jesse, bring this back up. Because oh, it's, it's important it's that not, we re-examine. It's sub-adult. <laughs> He's vaguely it, he's acting like it. a grown-up. I'm begging. There it is. Hands and knees, I'm begging. So here it is, guys. <sighs> there you go. Shit. Even though Kyle Clifford served double the amount of time that Kuznetsov will serve for a minor hit to the head. Was it a minor? It wasn't even a hit to the head? It was a hit from behind. It was yeah. from behind. It was bad. It was bad. Yeah. And, he, and he got five. 
You got five, five in that and game. So, five and so that's, game. So that's yeah. technically two games. So and, that's four games. And he was suspended uh, because it was a really bad hit. Oh, wait, sorry. I meant to say he was suspended because the Leafs killed the penalty and won the game. Leafs, Leafs get scored on and lose that game. Guaranteed he doesn't get suspended. And again, I, I, I want to remind you, I want to bring you back to the PowerPoint presentation, which is high sticking and history. History. Have important. you considered? Important that you frame this in your mind. Never forget it. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I want to say that we're going to promo our brand new podcast, Drew and Stu, in just a second. But I want to talk about this first, and then we're bringing them on, because you're going to, if you don't know Cam Stewart, you're going to love him. You know producer Drew. And I, I'm very excited for this show. They already have like a, a crazy following anyway. Um, so uh, we're just so excited to have them as a part of the STPM. But we'll get that in a second. First, though, I keep saying 2025 is the year that the salary caps do to jump big time. Well, looky here, gentlemen. The NHL is making a lot of money. And they were the ones whining and complaining over the course of the pandemic. Well, who knows if people will come back to an arena. And like within a few, a few months, you know, the New York Knicks are selling out their arenas again. And we in Canada who still can't go to a game are like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, you know, I feel like the revenues are coming back. And Gary Bettman confirmed it today. See, not only last year, see, last year, even with the Canadian teams not even at full capacity some of the season during yeah, Omicron, that's right. the league still made more money than its last normal year in 2019, uh, uh, sorry, 2018, 2019. Yeah. So, that, like, what I mean is like a non-pandemic year. Okay? A full 82-game uninterrupted season. So, last year, they made more money than they did that year, and they didn't even have full capacity in all the arenas, especially wow. in Canada, where you would think some of their money... That's some serious money's coming from Canada. Of course. Although we're 60 cents on the dollar right now. Don't talk to me about that. <laughs> According to Batman, revenue's been pretty vibrant. The business is good. And so things are looking possible for players, the player debt, to be paid off this year. If we miss it, it'll be close and it'll be next year. Um, my bet, my bet, as that the owners are sick and tired of this. Gary Batman would not be saying something pro player ever. And what I'm seeing, and you mentioned it with Kuznetsov, and you can you look at all the teams on the NHL Executive Council, with the exception of the Blackhawks, who are intentionally trying to suck. Mm-hmm. All of them are struggling to improve their teams. And when Jeremy Jacobs has something taken away from him or is unable to do the thing that he wants to do, I don't know if you know Jeremy Jacobs' personality, he is a bulldozer. And he's the guy among the other executive that are keeping this league, they're steering Batman. With Krejci and Bergeron's contracts, the Bruins are intentionally, over a year ahead of time, going into overage next season. And I wonder if the most powerful owner in the league had something to say about that. Owners. Owners. Snyder family, Wirtz family. Mm -hmm. The NHL executive, ladies and gentlemen, is extremely powerful. You think that all 32 owners are the same? Oh, no. Jeff Molson. Jeff Molson's in there too. Yeah. Everybody, I am telling you, the owners are going, Gary, we're not going up a million bucks next year. I don't fucking care what the debt is. We're all billionaires. It doesn't matter anyway. Mm-hmm. We're going up. And if they, Gary's like, well, we might hit it. They're going to hit it, guys. They're going to hit it. And it's going to go up, they're saying, about as much as $4 million just this coming year, which means the gigantic jump that everybody's been planning for might happen the next year. So it might be, because it was supposed to be 2024 that it goes up 4 million and then 2025 it goes up 10. You could get like a overpaid third liner for that. That's pretty good. Yeah. 
absolutely. Or you could just breathe again and 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 you know have forty seven contracts slots filled and enough to make a trade in season. There's a reason why all these teams are signing players you've literally never heard of to seven and eight year deals. Yes, exactly. We talked. We did. We did a whole segment on the guy the Sabers signed. I don't remember his name. Uh, Samuelson. I believe you. What was his first name? Matthias? <laughs> Maybe. It was an M. <laughs> Maybe. I just know his last name. I know most players' last name. Samuelson. Except for Kuznetsov, who I mistake for Backstrom. Stupid. It happens all the time. I'm just saying, the NHL, after a meeting, for Gary Bettman to come out of, after an NHL Board of Governors meeting, mm-hmm. NHL Board of Governors meeting, go, well, no, things are good. Eh, those players, they might pay off their debt to us owners and uh, we'll be okay. I think the the uh, the owners probably were like, Gary, we like the hard cap, but you're applying it a little stiffly, don't you think? Yeah, that, You're not that, letting us win the thing that we want so we can brag to our billionaire friends, <laughs> which is that shiny trophy. That's what's happening. Come on. It's ridiculous. I Let them have the cap, guys. I want the cap to go up. Yeah, we all do. I want the cap to go up. By the way, up. the Leafs and Rangers, the two biggest revenue generating teams in the NHL, and I don't believe the caps are either, uh, they are not on the executive council. So before you think that I'm going, well, the Leafs are, Leafs are on it too. The Leafs are not in the top nope. eight. They do not do a lot of steering of NHL policy and neither do the Rangers, which is interesting because they're the bank. They just fund it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Capitals too, I'm, I'm actually, I don't think Ted Leonsis is a part of that as well, which no. is interesting because those teams, his his group down there in Washington makes a staggering amount of money. Yeah, the Leafs and Rangers just fund the bratty, ungrateful teenagers that is the executive council That's right, of the yeah. NHL. With the Leafs, it's because their owners are too new. You know, like with the MLSE and Bell and Tannenbaum, they've they've owned it for over a decade now, I believe. Well, Tannenbaum, well, Tannenbaum was there even longer, but yes, yeah, Rogers, we're pushing yeah. up on a while, but that's still like baby times in terms of these guys who have owned these since the original six. Yeah. You know, and they've so been the around family's forever. Been, where they've had it since the 20s. Oh, yeah. Like the last 20s. Yeah. So, oh, <laughs> you you bought it in the 2000s. Like, welcome to the club. Like, you're yeah. you're brand new. Legacy so. cash. We're not going to yeah. talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> also, we should mention that a agent provocateur came out on Monday this week. Tuesday. Tuesday this week. And it was about... I swear it's not like the Canucks game. It actually was Tuesday. It was Tuesday. <laughs> um, uh, uh, the Canucks are not a part of this discussion at all. <laughs> but I messed up now. So, AJ Provocateur comes out. So, what we did, we had a, a guy on, and I got the book of Bruce. <laughs> Which, what uh, Bruce Dobigan. Bruce Dobigan. Yeah. This is called Money Players. It's a, he's a journalist from Calgary. And there it is. So Bruce wrote this a while ago, and this is the this is the updated version. That's how you know it's been in, in print for a long, long time. This is about the transition from Alan Eagleson to Bob Goodnow to how Gary got the salary cap instituted in 2004, 2005. Now, one thing that I thought my friend Steve Dangle might like, and I'm wondering if you've heard the episode yet, have you? Not yet. So one of the, what happened was, and there's, there's a whole amazing story around this that is truly tragic. If you're a fan of people getting paid the wage that they deserve, um, uh, is that Bob Goodnow prepared the NHL players for 18 months saying, listen, Gary Bettman wants a lockout. He's not going to stop until he gets a hard cap. Prepare, save your money. It's going to be 18 months to two years. He said, if we can get 
to the 18 month mark, the owners are going to flip out and we're going to crack them and we're going to win. Six months in to the lockout, the NHL had won it. And, and, and there's a whole bunch of reasons why, and I think you're going to be fascinating, because the season actually didn't need to be canceled, but Gary pushed back so hard on them because he wanted the season to be canceled that they had to cancel it anyway. So you're going to hate that. Number two, you're not going to like the names of some of the players that turned on the NHLPA, because there is a group of players that you would, grew up loving that said, whatever it is, just give it to us. We just want to play hockey. And you got to remember at this time... The Leafs had a payroll of roughly 80 million. The Red Wings had a payroll of roughly 80 million. I think the Rangers did. I think uh, Philadelphia, Detroit, a whole bunch of teams were right up there. And Gary Bettman said, it's going to be 45 million. And they said, well, what if, what if we did 51? He said, okay, fine. We're canceling the season then. Mm-hmm. And a couple of the players that said, no, Gary, we really want to play hockey. And they met separately of the PA. Do you know who those players are? I know one of them is Brendan Shanahan. One of them is Brendan Shanahan. Can you name another one? Jeremy Roenick? Yes. Can you name another one? Canuck. Canuck. Nasland? Linden. Linden. And what about a flame? (laughs) Oh, this one was bad. Not a Gimla. Iggy! No! Iggy! No! Yeah. This story is unbelievable bruce did a great bruce and alan did a great job of illustrating how these players for the first time in their life just sat around and couldn't play hockey yeah and they were like oh, we can't do this oh, we're they, in the cave they blinked yeah and they blinked within the first six months and gary canceled the season anyway <laughs> he would have had a deal and what's interesting is gary and there is one little silver lining on this gary overplayed his hand he could have had complete victory but he pushed even harder thinking he'd win harder win more <laughs> win hard <laughs> and he ended up screwing the owners good a little bit a little bit the players are mostly screwed but there's a little owner screwing screwing there too um that's actually the name of a, a rock movie that's coming owner out next screwing? year no win hard oh win and hard after that he's coming out with win harder uh, too. i like that you know i like yeah. that <laughs> To win, too harder. And he's going to uh, wear a tan shirt and camo pants. <laughs> and you're going to think it's Jumanji. Leaves. Let's go the new Leafs. Ones. The new one. Um, anyway, you're, you're going to... This is... This is a, it's a fascinating hockey story. It's a fascinating business story. And it's a fascinating story about humanity and the way people's brains work. It's absolutely gripping. And you sit there with your jaw dropping like... How is this not out there? And, and, and I think that, you know, I think the more I find out about the NHL, the more I'm shocked that anybody believes anything Gary Bettman says anymore. Mm. And, and like, I get it all the time when I I'm don't. like, guys, guys, you got to move to a, you got to move off that, the hard cap. But people are like, my team's going to die. It's not going to die. It's not going to die. My small market team will never win. You're right. The Milwaukee Bucks never won a championship. Yeah. The irrelevant Golden State Warriors who were irrelevant for 40 or 50 years have not won any championships. No, in, in baseball, we just watched the Cleveland Guardians make it to the fucking divisional round. Yeah. Also, like, uh, small market does not equal no money because the Lightning are one of the, you know, strongest small. teams, uh, biggest spenders anyway, mm-hmm. in the entire NHL. And uh, 
I don't know if you've been paying attention, but they've done well in recent memory. The amount of money through revenue sharing that the Coyotes get every year with your hard cap that you swear keeps your team afloat. The Coyotes, which is the, they are the least money-making team. They make minus negative a million dollars. Yeah, they lose money. The NHL <laughs> writes them a check with revenue sharing with the hard cap that's supposedly saving your team for $5 million. The Leafs are paying for the Coyotes to exist. Right. And, but what I'm saying is that, that their own humiliation. It's only $5 million. <laughs> Right. That's not enough. You you can't even get a first liner for that. No. Well, a first liner for who? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Nick Ritchie's doing it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I know they won. Shut up. Long story short, you gotta listen to this. It's it's just wild. And guess what? We're like three and a half, four years away from the next one. It's right before Gary's next contract ends, and he is apparently really going to go for it again. Whoa, that's when his contract ends? When when did he sign that? His contract was signed right uh, a couple weeks after the Kyle Beach situation came out um, December in the fall. December last year. Yeah, December last year, yeah. right when it was at its peak and people were telling him to step down. The owner said, we'll give you a five-year contract. The fourth year of that deal is the next apparent lockout. Remember, the players have only struck once. The two, the, the two and a half years that we've lost of hockey... Gary Bettman. Those are lockouts year. So the future of the sport uh, lies in uh, a guy who has no future in the game. <laughs> cool. Great. Scary. Oh, the my God. Retire. Leave <laughs> us all alone. For the love of God. Two things. Uh, one, I would like to do professional Beyblading when the lockout happens. Yeah, if you guys want to like join that. me. We'll get okay. like those little Beyblade stadiums and we'll set them up here and we'll do live do streams of Beyblade competitions. I bet the NBA will fall even further behind the NHL during the next <laughs> NHL lockout. Oh, man. Oh, F-M-L. man. FML. Yeah. It's either Beyblade or Yu-Gi-Oh. I haven't decided. Yeah. And two, the NFL owners just had their meeting because they were discussing uh, giving... League giving Roger Goodell an extension and 31 owners voted to, Hey, we're going to start negotiating an extension with oh, Roger. Goodell. I know who didn't. And then one didn't. And that was Jerry Jones, the owner of the, Jerry Jones of the, uh, of the Dallas Cowboys. Why? And he said out of the meeting, uh, there was a part and he, he told Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, uh, Patriots don't fuck with me. And I wish we had, <laughs> I wish we had leaks out of the NHL owners meetings like this, because that is some spicy billionaire drama. I thought Dan Snyder would vote for sure. No, Dan Snyder. No, hates those guys. it was, uh, you know, that Dan Snyder has hired private investigators to follow every owner around and Roger Goodell to leak shit on them in case what? they try to kick him out of the league. Who's hair guy? Hair guy. He looks like a, uh, like a. He's he's got red hair and he looks like a mushroom. Oh, that's the guy that uh, uh, the uh, um, Raiders, L.A. Raiders, Vegas Raiders, not L.A. Raiders, What's Vegas. His name? Oh, Al Joe. Or his dad was Al. What's his name? Owner of the Raiders. It's uh, type in worst haircut in human. Mark. History. It's Mark Davis. That's what it is. Okay. <laughs> that is. The, it's a terrible haircut, but I feel like that's a brand now. You got to respect him for owning it for that long. You know. I don't think I do. <laughs> oh, uh, so in response to Jerry Jones telling the other billionaire in the room not to fuck with him, Robert Kraft said, excuse me? And then Jones replied, don't mess with me. And I... <laughs> oh, that's called blinking, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, where is this from? It was a report uh, from... I don't know who initially got the leak. I think ESPN, uh, Seth Wickersham. 
had the, I think, initial uh, leak of the meetings that went on. But isn't that so much drama? If uh, I could watch any reality show, it would be NFL billionaires in a room telling each other, each other the F off. I badly, <laughs> badly need NFL owners gossip girl. <laughs> I love this. Isn't this fun? I I, so, Steve. Yes. If we had a live stream of the NHL owners meeting <laughs> and uh, you could recreate how that went, how would it go? Oh, man. And we got to get Druins to one after here, so. I don't. I don't, I don't care, do you? No. I also don't care. All right. I guess we'll sit here for another, I don't know, 45 minutes, make it look like we did something? Yeah, okay. All right, cool. And that's what they did. Yep. <laughs> Let's bring on Drew and Stu and launch this show, baby. Hey, listen. Uh, we usually make a bigger deal when a show debuts on our network, but we flat out did not even have time last week to do it. <laughs> Um, and it, it, it the, honest, first, the first episode went up. I'm like, oh, they're up. up. Yeah. <laughs> so welcoming producer Drew and Camp Stewart, the Drew and Stew podcast. Do you like, do you like our, our applause Cam? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was good. No, I'm just, I'm not used to it. Uh, Drew, Drew just kills me though. I, I tell you, I, Drew comes way back. Camera two, Drew. I love this man. Uh, he told me he was going to give me uh, slices of meat from his parents' meat store. That seemed to be a lie. But everything else about this guy, he's 100%. Love working with Drew. Big Buffalo Bills fan. As for the avalanche, it must be nice cheering for winners, Drew. But, hey, hopefully we pick winners on the show. It's been tough. The NFL can slap you around, guys. As it's we true. know, Drew, Drew knows. I was on fire the first couple weeks of the season. Now I'm getting beat down. But uh, it's a lot of fun. We just have picks against the spread. And hopefully we make people money. Yeah. And, and this is the thing, right? So this show is is is. You know, if you're a fantasy football like nut, this is the play. This is where you want to be uh, listening, obviously. And you know, what was crazy is we kind of just threw your video up there, and it gets over ten thousand views in a couple of days. We're like, holy smokes! Like this is a crazy people. People love this. Uh, so, so how did this show start? And like, how did you guys even get connected? I can. I'll go back. So back when I started, uh, way back at the Fantasy Sports Network, which no longer exists, uh, me and Cam were working together, and we decided to start a spread show just because I grew up watching Cam Stewart on the Score in the NFL. I don't know if you guys remember that show when oh, we yeah. were younger. Uh, and I was like, the Raging Redhead. Uh, this guy's the best, better in the business. So I was like, I want to do a show with him. <laughs> Settle down, uh, Drew. And then I <laughs> no, did a show with him and true. find out that he loves betting on underdogs like Cleveland Browns and stuff, and loses me a bunch of money. So uh, <laughs> my, my theories weren't correct with that, but he's. He's a great guy, great host, uh, and yeah, he wins people a lot of money. Used now, to. Now, Cam, Cam, <laughs> Drew is known. Maybe, maybe Drew's got some good picks. How would you rate do? Before I ask the real question, how would you rate Drew's picks out of ten? Like, how good is he? Seven. Seven. Oh, that's, that's, that's pretty good. I'm going to be honest. Drew knows though. He's becoming more like, and I'm not right all the time, but I have teach. I teach him a few tricks about trap lines and stuff. Drew was more. Like, he likes Clemson, like a good team. He likes the Avalanche. Like, all of his teams win. So sometimes whoa, I whoa. tell him, I go, listen, listen. The Bills missed the these... playoffs for 20 straight years, Cam. Doesn't matter. They still cover numbers and they kill teams. They're an above-average football team. They beat Kansas. Drew, they're good. You're right. They don't win Super Bowls, but they're a damn good football team. You could say they're the best <laughs> team in the league. But I'm telling him yeah, about trap yeah. lines and stuff, and now Drew knows. Like, we were looking at Jacksonville Giants, and when... Drew's learning the little tricks, right, Drew? When something's too good to be true, it's too good to be true most of the time, right? Yeah, Vegas likes to lay traps. When you see a really good team as an underdog, you're like, whoa, why is that the case? Because Vegas wants you to bet on the underdogs, but 
Right. You got to bet on the favorites in that spot. Right, right. And so the, the, the reason I ask about Drew's betting is because, you know, his picks with betting 7 out of 10, respectable. Because mine would be like a 2 out of 10, Cam, on your scale if Drew's a 7. But his food picks. I was about to oh, say. Fair, they're fair. abominable. Jail. Do you, are you, you, you're aware of how bad Drew's taste in food generally is, aren't you, Cam? Oh, I'm, I'm, I, and music, too. This guy likes boy bands and stuff. But anyway, other than that, we're not, we're not. Blink 182 is not oh, a boy band. Whatever. <laughs> just, guys, we were such degenerate gamblers over at, um, uh, at the Fantasy Sports. I used to do a jockey handicapping show. Not even horses. Like, we were raiding jockeys. And. <laughs> And honestly, I'm not even going to lie to you guys. It was like this company from Japan and we won like $21,000. I'm like, hey guys, like every make a pick. I, we were doing the show and then they cut it off, right? Do you remember the first yeah, two weeks? We basically bankrupt, we yeah. bankrupted our, our own company. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they didn't like it too much. <laughs> they go. Yeah. 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 Uh, but Cam, Cam is not good for food takes just because Cam loves everything. That's like true. there would be times where I had lunches at work and I'd be like, oh, I can't finish this. Cam comes in there to finish it every single time. <laughs> No matter what the food boy. was, that was Cam's jam. Uh, You're right, guys. I'm, he's not I'm, picky. I'm brutal. Like, I'm just, I, like, no, no no friend likes to eat with me. Like, I, I'm always burning a hole through their plate. Like, I don't know what it is about food. And, like, it's really rude. Like, even my, my, my girlfriend's bad, too. Like, she takes food off my plate. That's why we're a perfect match for each other. We just love to chow. You're right, Drew. I stole a lot of people. Not steal people's lunches at work, but... No, it's more, kinda, are you hit, done with that? that? that I'm hungry. That? Yeah, yeah. you done with that? You done with that? <laughs> he's with like the kid food. when you're in elementary school and your parents bring you McDonald's and you're sitting there. He's the kid that's waiting for the French fry. Like, hey, uh, you gonna eat yeah. all those fries? That's Cam. <laughs> Hovering and lurking. Yes. That was me. So one of, the, one of the things that was odd to us is that previously you've never had this podcast available via audio. You only could watch it. So now officially, if you go on to Spotify or Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts, Jesse, you can now... Subscribe and download, correct? Yeah, except as is tradition, uh, Google is taking too long. <laughs> yes. So it's not available on Google uh, Podcasts until like next week. Google has to approve everything that's it's, it's good enough for some, Apple and Spotify. Some one person is sitting there manually approving all these podcasts. Anyways, it's available everywhere uh, except for Google. Yeah, go listen to it. Even if you have like a smart speaker and you say, hey, Alexa, put on Drew and Stu, it will. And uh, and so, guys, Sounds we're, good. we just wanted to do a quick like launch and 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 say welcome to the network. And Drew, we we, we hired you. So we haven't even had you yeah, on yet. Yeah. So uh, uh, we're thrilled to have you a part of the network. Cam, man, this is it's first time ever, ever talking, but I have watched you for years. Wow. Years. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> yeah, we've had some we've had some good times uh, working at the score. I've taken darts to the neck like we've had some great we've had some great skits that HR really didn't like. But hey, that's life. We, we try to have a little bit of fun. Dangle, I know you're a Leafs fan. Maybe one day you can come to my house and we can watch the game and rage together when they don't win at minus 530. Sounds like a plan. We'll, get, we'll bring Drew over too. Get some chicken wings and some beers and, uh, and party because that team uh, breaks my heart and wallet as well. But no, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. And I love working with Drew. It's kind of like a yin and yang thing. Drew's like a Fair. You know, I, I love him. I, lo I love him like a brother. And he's been good to me ever since we've worked together. And I'm happy for his career uh, takeoff. He's doing a hell of a lot better than me. Congratulations, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> Who would rage harder, do you think, guys? Is it, is it, is it Cam or Steve? I think, Ooh. oh, I think I have more of a nervous energy that explodes, whereas you're just, you're there, man. <laughs> it's yeah, like you, Steve, I bring it up and then it's like lava out of a volcano. <laughs> right? like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm calm for a while and then it's like absolute explosion. Like I usually don't yell, ah! like after some of those NFL games, like I know, and I, I don't chuck converters anymore. I don't break dishes, but anymore, once, anymore, anymore, anymore. But once in a while, when you have that game, Drew, like on a bad beat and you got a lot of money on it, like just. 
I snap, but the thing is, I see Dangle. <laughs> Dangle's more like uh, little, little, little snaps. Mine's more of a volcano yeah. at the end, but it's hard. But we bet every day, right, Drew? I don't get mad about like every loss, but when a team burns like a 27-point lead or a four-goal lead in hockey or something, then, uh -huh. I'll, then I'll snap. You know? Well, don't bet on the Canucks then. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. I had the Canucks last night. Another two goal no! lead. These guys are unbelievable. <laughs> you got to take them plus one and a half in parlays. Can you believe that? They have dropped a, a lead to two or plus goals in every single game this it's year. It's insane. I thought, had, I thought they had a player only meeting. Yes, yeah. it didn't work. Yeah, no, it doesn't. <laughs> well, gentlemen, we're so thrilled to have you as a part of the network. You guys are, are an extremely entertaining show and awesome if you want to get your lines. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're a football fanatic, uh, these guys are the guys to listen to. Drew and Stu available for audio for the first time and obviously on the SDPN channel in video as well. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we appreciate it.